Hello, and welcome to Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss. And Louis Victor. And as usual, we are talking all things culinary. Today is the big question on many chefs' lips. Where the hell are the good cooks? Where are they, Louis? I'm not sure. Maybe hiding in a closet somewhere? <laughs> um, so we're going to start with an Anthony Bourdain quote. We like to refer to him as much as possible. He says, quote, skills can be taught, character you either have or you don't have. <laughs> so this is one of my issues as a hiring chef. Uh, it's been my issue for a couple of years now, ever since I was promoted to Sue and I was had taken part in uh, the responsibility of hiring, part of the responsibility. And maybe it's not impossible to get bodies in the door, but <laughs> it's hard to find good ones. That have staying power. Yeah, cooks, dishwashers, uh, back of house in general is very difficult not to get into the door necessarily, but to find one that's good and to find people with character. Right. Um, because sometimes, and we're going to discuss this with our guests coming up, but sometimes it might be better to hire somebody with a great character and that wants to work less hard. Less experience and less Sometimes experience. this can be good. Um, and maybe less experience because you can teach them those skills. Um, I don't know. I think this is one of those things that chefs talk a lot about. Like, is it better to hire somebody with like a shit ton of experience that's like freaking awesome, chingon in the kitchen, fucking badass is what chingon means. Right. <laughs> Or uh, is it better to hire somebody that's got a great personality, uh, adapts well, uh, can learn? Uh, I've had experiences on both sides of this. So uh, we're going to talk about why it's so hard to find that back of house staff these days and what we need to do to keep them and attract them. So we brought in one of our mentors, one of our friends, one of our past colleagues in the kitchen boss Carlos man santos el jefe um executive chef of china poblano what's up carlos how is everybody today <laughs> glad to be here uh so we first want to ask you with the hiring pool what's been your experience trying to find people trying to attract people well as of, of lately i i think it's a, a problem of just finding those really really talented cooks i mean there's a lot of cooks out there i could hire i could go out and hire 10 people 15 people right now but of out of the 10 or 15 might only get two or three talented cooks um and then you'll get another three or four that are you know cooks with not so much experience but um they're really really eager and willing to learn um what you get a little bit of both uh, a good mixture of both um right now it's it's a little tough to find cooks um or any kind of back of house staff uh, just because I think you know the unemployment is, is so low and nobody's really looking for jobs um, as part of the thing or they're looking for just to get in somewhere where it's already a high paying job they don't want to work for uh, less wages and have to earn more money they, you know they're looking for that quick in with the unions and things like that or they want to just jump into a, uh, a high profile kitchen and, and be paid top dollar right off the back um, so not really sure uh, I mean, you can go both ways with it. I, I like to hire kids with very little experience and then you know bring them in as dishwashers and, and make them into cooks myself. Um, I found that's a great way to do it. Uh, but you have to find the right the right mix of you know that person with that right mix of you know uh, you know go get it attitude and 
um, wanting to learn and, and be better and, and, and be self-motivated as well. So not always easy. That's definitely how they did it, especially old school, was you'd start at like the bottom bottom, mm-hmm. whether that's dishwasher or prep cook. like Peeling that's, potatoes, basically, yeah, washing what, lettuce. Right. And it still happens, hopefully, a lot nowadays, maybe not as much as before. Uh, what I found in my experience is that sometimes it's hard to get people that want to start from the bottom. And I don't know, you know, what that is. Like, we're going to talk a little bit about like the millennial mentality, not to be a hater, but... They are most the workforce nowadays. Uh, and so we do have to hire from that pool maybe more than anywhere right. else. And there's a bunch of issues that comes with that. We're going to talk a little bit about E-Verify and the crackdown on immigrants and illegals. That's definitely affected our workforce. And I think, you know, just even the fact that there's so many more people going to culinary school nowadays, and again, not knocking culinary school because it can be amazing. It can be a great, you know, supplement to learning in the kitchen. But I think many people nowadays think it's like the way to definitely get in. And the funny Mm -mm. part, I love this part, is like, for me, they come in and they're like, yeah, I want to be a chef. Like, tomorrow right? <laughs> instead of like yeah uh, call me you know chef lorraine today right and you're like no dude no. like peel some potatoes like oh, go mandolin something like a culinary diploma doesn't it doesn't guarantee you yeah uh, you know for sure fame success and you know like high pay actually you really still need to start from the bottom you actually get some people nowadays that say I want to be a celebrity chef. What's your goal? That's like a great question to ask people in an interview. Right. Well, I want to be a celebrity chef. Okay. And I don't even know where to go after that. Right. <laughs> like that's their goal. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can do it. You can do it by our dishwashing station, you know, carve out the path from there. The Start funniest there. guy at right? the dishwashing and then, station. And then maybe one night you can be, get promoted to Garmin J, you know? Um. I, I think a lot of it has to do today's culture is you know we we have all these cooking shows and you know cooking network and food network or whatever they all are and you know they glorify a lot of that stuff and and kids see that and they're like oh my god look look how badass those guys are with the Mm -hmm. tattoos and the and and bandanas and everybody's kicking ass on tv and cooking these amazing dishes um but that's not what kitchen life is you know you don't walk into a kitchen and just start cooking whatever the hell you want, you know, especially not in a, in a, in a kitchen, um, you know, like, like the one I run where it's, you know, we have a set menu and the menu is what it is and that's what we cook. We don't, we don't deviate from it. You know, you don't just get to walk in and go from dishwasher to, oh, I'm going to cook whatever the hell I want make myself famous just because I did this whatever dish. So, you know, a lot of that kids see it and that's what they want. They want that celebrity stardom right away. Right. But just a question as a chef do you do you watch food network i actually really don't (laughs) (laughs) do you uh i used to watch it more when there were cooking shows yeah so there are not very many cooking shows nowadays on the food network i mean let's be honest it's a lot of competitions yeah i feel like travel you know and some of those are funny and interesting you know but as a chef or as like a professional cook what can you really learn from that um I do watch Netflix a lot. I love, you know, Mind of a Chef. I love, uh, what's that one? Uh, Which one? Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat is a good documentary. I like that. 
the one chef's table table. it's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. i'm really into the chef's table i I love watching that series and part of it is i know some of the chefs that are on there so uh getting to see them and on there it's it's pretty awesome to for them to have worked you know some of the chefs that work you know they started as dishwashers and they have worked all the way from the bottom and now they're on a a great show like that And, and the show itself is amazing i mean they have great uh great filming i mean it's just produced really well and everything directed really well so it's an amazing show and then for them to be able to spotlight chefs like you know the the ones that are on there it's amazing to see them and that i mean as people wanting to enter the workforce uh back a house Mm -hmm. and wanting to be in the culinary uh lifestyle those types of shows are much more accurate when it comes to what it's really like Mm -hmm. they show them on the line they show you know people like christina tosi who started at the bottom before she became like a celebrity chef and milk bar extraordinaire lady you know she had to work her butt off she was lucky to be you know it was luck and hard work Mm -hmm. she was lucky to be spotted by an amazing chef that helped broaden her career and make her who she is today and she talked about that but she talked a lot about like what it's like, what it's like in the beginning, and right. how hard it is, and you know, you get like the Dominique Crane and the Massimo Batura, and like the super legit chefs again talking about what it's really like, as it opposed to, you know, some competition show or like some really pretty lady that it takes happens years. to home cook and is on yeah. TV now. <laughs> or it something really like takes that. years to build up your skill and you know your reputation as you work um, amongst your peers in the industry. That's what I feel. So let's talk a little bit about this millennial mentality. Sure. Um, God love them. There are so many great things about millennials. Are you a millennial? Or are you no. just past that? I'm, I'm, I'm just pretend- a little bit older. I'm pretending to be a millennial. Okay. Because I'm a couple years past that as well. Right. We're around the same age. You're a couple more years past that than I am. So we're kind of, I think we're Generation X. Yeah, we're Generation X. Yeah. My wife is actually a millennial. She's right there. <laughs> <laughs> What definite? What is the definite age? It's nineteen. Well, if you look at most websites, it's like eighty-one. So that's that's 81 ish. Okay, yeah, fine. I so am a millennial. Confess, oh. confess. Yeah. Okay, well, you're on the cusp. You're on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll give you the pass. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so something interesting that I found: um, Gallup polls show that twenty-one percent of millennials say they've changed jobs in the past year, and that's three times higher than any other generation. Uh, 21%, that's one in five. So you were saying, you know, you can hire 10 people. So that means two of them are most likely going to leave you before the end of the year. Like one of them is going to leave me in the next month. Two of them is going to leave me in the next six months. They're not even part-timers anymore. They're short-timers. Short-timers, yes. Yeah, Yeah, I've had a problem with ghosting. (laughs) I've gotten ghosted so many, and not just in one job, like in several chef jobs where they come in and and even sometimes you'll think well, this guy's pretty awesome this woman's yeah, pretty yeah. good you know and then literally gone not only sometimes they don't show up the next day but sometimes they literally leave on the lunch break whoa i've had that happen with dishwashers where they literally don't come back and and the kitchen that i'm in now is actually like the nicest kitchen i've ever worked in in the sense of like being nice like we have this whole training for chefs where you know you have to care about people which is awesome we've talked about this like how you retain people this mm-hmm. is one way to retain yeah, people is to really care about people world now in the kitchen i mean the days of the chef screaming and throwing plates and all that stuff um it's gone i mean it's 
the millennials and that's that's how we go now i mean not to say that everybody's soft anymore or now but you know definitely we have to change our ways i mean we you know to retain people you have to you have to treat them with respect and and, and want them to be in your kitchen otherwise yeah they're just gonna walk out on your lunch break agreed <laughs> <So>. agreed but <laughs> that's crazy in this case that i'm talking about we were treating them well and they're getting half an hour to eat and they have a family meal uh, and yeah, everybody's awesome. nice and we give them they have paid vacation mm-hmm. which i definitely didn't have as a cook right away mm-hmm. i mean what's up with this like have you been ghosted I've been ghosted before. I mean, I've had them where it's like, okay, go take a drug test and never show for the drug test. And then that's I another call, issue too. <laughs> you know, like, um, Hey, what's going on? And not, don't hear from them ever again, um, ever again. I'm like, okay. All right. Or, you know, it's like, Oh, you're going to start next week and they just never show up. And it's like, then I just wasted all my time, effort, money to get them in the door and then they don't show up. So that's happened a couple of times too, to me, um, which is funny. So Forbes says the number one reason that millennials are leaving jobs right now is because of a lack of personal growth and seeing the bigger picture. Uh, One of the things that I can tell you just about working for a Jose Andres company when I used to work for Bizarre Meat, uh, they're really good about providing that bigger picture and that opportunity for personal growth. Like you might not move up very quickly, but you're always given, you're dangled, you know, that fruit of, you know, if you work hard, you can move stations. You know, there's definitely sous chefs there that mentor cooks. Mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily every kitchen is doing that. Like, what has been your experience with, you know, that ability to to find mentors for these kids or, or younger people? Or, you know, what kind of can we do to give them that feeling that they're getting personal growth? Because I know you've been like that with me. You know, you'd come over and oh, check yeah. in on me and make sure that I knew what I was doing and correct things. I mean, I, I think um, from the chef point, you know, we, we just need to we need to make sure that we're taking care of our people and we're, you know, we're finding ways of challenging them and giving them um, reasons to stay with you. You know, um, there's a lot of things that you can learn at a restaurant like Chino Pobano. We're two, we're two um, different cuisines. You know, we're Chinese, Mexican, and, and we have... All the flavors in between we have you know some flavors from peru we have some flavors from you know uh, korea and vietnam and you know colombia and we have different things that integrate in there it's not you know it's all just 100 percent mexican ingredients or all 100 percent chinese ingredients but you know right there that's something that where you go to most kitchens you're not going to learn a whole lot like that you know a lot of the kitchens are french based and things like that um but you know coming into jose andrea's kitchen you know, we have a multitude of, of uh, ingredients and, and even right there, that's that's a challenge right there because a lot of kids don't get to see um, things like that. So, you know, just finding different ways of challenging them and, and, and making them feel like uh, something, they're, they're doing something worthwhile, you know? I think one of the great things that we did at Bizarre Meat when we were over there is have that challenge of the family meal. Mm-hmm. I think that's one way Mm-hmm. For sure, that as a young cook, you can kind of show, you know, your culture, your background. Also, just, you know, giving them a challenge because, you know, it can be monotonous mm-hmm. yeah. doing the same station every day. Or if you're a prep cook, cutting the same thing every day, prepping the same sauce. It can become monotonous. I kind of like the monotony, to be honest with you. I kind of miss some of that, <laughs> the prepping, you know, where you're like, 
just cutting the onion. Right. You're just doing it because you get in this zone where you're thinking about, you know, all yeah. these other things and there's, concentrating. There's definitely times you just want to put an apron on and just go check. I don't want to think about it, right? You know, when I, I miss that. On a stressful day, you know, you're in the kitchen, you're already there 10 hours, 11 hours, and you're like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go and, and, and make family meal, or I'm right. going to go and. And, and work on a dish that I've been wanting to work on for a long time. I just want to put my head down and forget about everything sometimes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, chopping onions, that's, that's a mundane thing, but, like, it's therapeutic. It's <laughs> it is therapeutic. <laughs> but family meal, like, yeah, you, yeah. you found that for hey, sure. That... I won this family meal challenge. And you know, Dang, I didn't know you did. Yep. That, that family plug. meal idea came to me from just, I worked in the kitchen. That's right, when it was, was your in, idea. Yeah, I worked in the kitchen uh, in my early days, and... We would have, um, you know, just prepping competitions. Who could get done faster? And, like, just to kind of break up the day, you know. It's like, oh, hey, we're going to do this. And then the chef would come by. I'm like, all right, whoever gets done with all these potatoes first. Obviously, we're we're idiots because we're, like, thinking, oh, we're doing a challenge. But he just wants us to peel potatoes. So, you know, but right. it was fun. It was a fun way for us to challenge each other and each the cooks and all that stuff. You know, and then, you know, he would give us a meal or whatever. Or he'd take us out for a beer, whoever won. But, like, that's where that came from. The idea was, like, okay, let's challenge the cooks and let's have them, like, challenge each other. You know, what better way to challenge each other than to go ahead and cook off against each other? You know what I'm right. saying? That's That's what we're here to do. We're here to cook. So why not make it a challenge and make it something where, you know, because for me, Peter, for everything that brings out the better of me, Brings out because I I watch other chefs and I see what they're doing right. So if I see something that a chef is, is doing and I like it, I'm gonna emulate it. You know, I'm not like I'm gonna be like, man, I want to be just like that or I want to try something like that too. Um, and and that's the way you know I, I set it up too. It's like okay, well these cooks are all challenging each other and you're like, oh well, I wanna I wanna beat that guy because he's pretty badass. So yeah. like the <laughs> challenge is to go ahead and take this guy down because he's like, making crazy family meals. So family meal is pretty extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, in that kitchen. Kind of just to give a little background about that, what Carlos is talking about is chef created this sort of. March Madness almost <laughs> competition. Right. We didn't do it all year round or anything like that, but we did it for a significant amount of time, months, yeah. where we had these teams and we challenged each other, you know, pretty much any style that we wanted to. There were not a lot of rules when it came to what you do. No, there weren't any rules. You just at all. had to be, you know, creative. Right. Uh, you know, you had to have some sort of an appetizer, some sort of an entree, some sort of dessert. Uh, cooks would get together. Uh, and it wasn't, you couldn't choose your partners either. You, yeah. <laughs> it was out of a hat kind of thing. And so you were stuck with who you were stuck with, but which forced you to also learn how to work with different kinds of people oh. and be less clicky. Uh, but I think something like that could be super effective in, you know, like Chef Carlos said, challenging people, keeping them interested in what they're doing. Uh, clearly, we were doing something right there because so many of us stayed there for so long. I'm still there. Yeah, which doesn't happen with cooks. I mean, especially nowadays, as we've been talking about. I mean, people staying there two years, three years, five years. Five years, yeah. From the point of literally opening the restaurant to today, people are still there. So they're doing something right. Uh, What other things can we do to kind of, I don't know, cut down on being ghosted, losing somebody in less than a year? What are some things that you've tried to do, you know, in your kitchens? Um, well, this is the thing with my kitchen. I mean, we, we're in the Cosmopolitan. We're not the highest paying kitchen in the Cosmopolitan, but uh, we do bring challenges like the two different cuisines. We, um, you know, we have many stations to learn. We, uh, there's all kinds of 
uh, these these promotions are, are you know are are there. You know, we have it's a big company, so promotions are we have different um, opportunities opening up all the time, different locations. So there's opportunities are there. You know, and you just have to tell the the kids when they come in, hey, look, there's chef positions. You just have to go get them. You know, but you you're not gonna walk in and become a chef. But we're gonna teach you those fundamentals, and you can learn them here with us. You know, we can teach you. We we've made uh, chefs out of dishwashers and line cooks and mm-hmm. front of house staff and 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 everybody. You know, but you got to be willing to learn, and and we can teach you those things. You know, we can bring you in. We can uh, give you a good solid base and fundamentals and all that. You don't have to be a culinary student or go to culinary school or anything like that. We can come in and we can we can be your school. Hell, we'll pay you to come in and work. And we'll pay you to come in and learn. So, what is your take on that culinary school? Like, because chefs are very student. different, you know. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. some will say don't do it. Some will say do it. Some will say, you know, some sort of mix of both. Yeah, yeah. What's right. your take on? No, I mean, school? I'm a culinary student myself, and I went to culinary school. But, um, I mean, I, there was things I liked about it for sure, you know, and there was things I hated about it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I. For me, it's a personal choice. You know, if you want to go to culinary school and you feel like that's what you need, then then go for it. You know, who am I to tell you that? Who am I going to tell anybody that culinary school is shitty or nobody needs to go to right, culinary school? Right. You don't know. People learn differently. Everybody learns differently. For sure. You know, I'm a I'm a hands on kind of guy. I hated culinary school because of the structure and like it it was it was weird. And they're like, you know, these French chefs trying to like be these super stern badasses and at the end of the day like man i'm paying you to teach me like just teach me (laughs) (laughs) i don't need you to act like my dad and yell at me and stuff (laughs) i just need you to teach me how to you know chop onions chop this onion up or cut this properly or whatever you know yeah but i mean would you agree that a lot of kids go to culinary school and they like have this like golden ticket oh yeah yeah no a lot of i mean i don't i don't know but the, but I know that a lot of kids that go to culinary school feel like that's the way the easiest way to kind of just jump into a chef position right after that because a lot of them do come out of culinary school and be like all right where's my chef hat you know where's 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 my title and nothing gives you a title I mean you know you could read a book on building bridges it doesn't make you a bridge builder you know right exactly <laughs> so you know just because you read a bunch of books about cooking and you, they give you a piece of paper that said you're pretty good at it doesn't mean that you're going to be a chef yeah and i feel like you know cooking is a repetitive you know thing it's a skill Mm. that yes to be built definitely it needs to be repeated that's how you get better that's really honestly the only way that you get better yeah i mean for me i started out super green because i came from another career yeah and i couldn't get better without actually like you said being hands-on and being forced to cook you know cut for days, right? <laughs> Do a sauce over and over and mm-hmm. over, and it's really honestly, it takes a good I don't know ten times, twenty times to perfect a Bernays, or I mean, it seems like such a simple recipe, but to really get good at it and to do it without looking at the recipes and without you know just oh gosh, what do I do here? How many minutes? Because you get a feel. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like you're a meditation engaging. almost. Yeah, you're engaging your senses and you know like production of your food your cuisine and then you know you kind of like develop these things and you acquire these skills and you kind of put it put them forward when you cook so uh let's talk a little bit about e-verify the crackdown on illegals especially more now so than maybe any time ever mm-hmm. uh, i've had some experiences 
very recently of people coming in and taking some of my cooks, dishwashers that can't come back. Sometimes we'll hire people and we find out later Mm -hmm. that their social security number is wrong. It doesn't add up. Or they're not who they are or and, who they say they are. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I don't want to become too political here. I mean, you guys are welcome to do whatever you want. You can be as political as you want or not political. But I'm not so interested in the political part of it. I'm more interested in the fact that I can't hire and retain people as well as I could before. Because I've found in my personal experience that many people who fall into this category are very hard workers, maybe harder workers than other people that I've gotten in the past. Um, I find that many are very loyal and the fact that I can't hire from this huge base of people that are hard workers and that do a great job and are loyal and that will stay for years and show up on time and show up every day and not ghost me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, That's the part that I'm interested in is that it has affected um, how I hire. It's affected how I'm able to retain. Uh, What's kind of been your experience, Chef Carlos? Um, Well, we use E-Verify, Cheeto Poblado. We use it company-wide. you know, it, it's there's good and it's bad. I mean, E-Verify isn't just only um, for illegals or, or trying to see who is who is or who is not illegal, but E-Verify also, you know, verifies all kinds of other stuff. Background, background check information, stuff, for basically. sure. Basically, so, you know, but um, I, I don't know. The, the time that I've been using it, um, I really haven't had very many bad experiences. Yes, there is that big pool of people that we can't hire from, and it's... It's a shame because there are some really talented cooks there or really talented back of the house folks and restaurant people in general. But um, and, it, and it's and it, it sucks, really. But at the same time, um, you know, we have to follow the rules. And unfortunately, E-Verify is, is now a thing. So, like, I don't want to use it, but I have to. So, <laughs> I mean, have you I know I can personally say I've yeah. had issues i mean i've had issues with losing really great people and i've lost some really good cooks and i've lost you know i've had i lost a cook the other day that was in nine years so it's because as you verify finally you know they they finally caught him or whatever it was that he was i'm not sure what he did i can't really say what he did um but you know they came in the back door and said hey you got to come with us and i was like holy shit you know yeah that's it's got to be a scary thing for him I mean, and not only losing the guy, but just think about like what he—he's you know, just lost everything. So everything that he worked for to support his family and and all that's all gone now because of you verified. But uh, that also happened to me recently too. We lost somebody that was there for more than a decade, and you know, sometimes you verified doesn't work in the beginning, and so that's mm-hmm. what you're kind of talking about. They get through and actually spend many years in your kitchen and you know they become family your family yeah their family and then and then suddenly they're being carted off and somebody who you know for us was someone that never showed up late she was Mm -hmm. 10 minutes early every single day uh she never called out i mean this woman maybe might have called out like once a year Mm -hmm. uh we promoted her through the stations. We spent years training her. She spent years training other cooks. 
Oh, man. And, I mean, of course, as you imagine, as you can imagine, uh, it was like a cry fest that day. I mean, I feel, like, emotional thinking about it right now. Like, her face, I can still see it in my head. Uh You know, getting pulled away and and her apologizing to us. Right. Like, we're apologizing back. Right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, chef. And I'm just like, oh, this is, like, one of the worst days of my cooking career. You know, I'm new to being a chef, so this is, like... It was hard yeah, for me a, to... It's a hard thing to handle. I mean, even... I mean, I've been in this business, I don't know, 20, 24 years, something like that. Um, and I've seen it numerous times, but I still... It doesn't it's, it's, It doesn't get any better. It's not a good feeling watching somebody haul away one of your cooks, you know, and right. cuffs mm-hmm. or whatever Someone you it trust, is. someone you so, care yeah, about. someone you've worked with and you've spent time with. I mean, we spend a lot of time in our kitchens, you know, and they're 12, 14 hours, and I get to, we get to know people. And then when that happens... It's a shitty thing. It's yeah. a shitty feeling. Yeah, just a reminder, you know, citizenship does not make it a good cook. No. Not at all. And, you know, once you've worked in a kitchen with your peers, your your family, basically. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 that's really, that's kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off like a wound. Like, ah. This has ramifications for many jobs mm-hmm. in America. Uh, Mostly the jobs that nobody really wants. Exactly. You are, I don't know. There's an argument that people who are illegal are taking jobs from, quote, real Americans. But are you going to do those jobs? Yeah. I mean, real Americans. Honestly, I step up to the plate. I, I don't see, you know, like a fresh college graduate trying to be a dishwasher. It's this this industry it kind of like became like a little segue in between um, college, graduating from college and then to finally getting your big break. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people land in kitchens and, you know, nobody really wants to stay. And the other part of, like, the population that really want to stay, I guess, those are the lifers. And those are the people that really work. And many of those people were losing. Yeah. I think because of this. That's my personal opinion. So moving, switching gears a little bit here. Can you, do you feel like you can spot the wannabes from the real deals? Go, Chef Carlos. <laughs> I'm sure you've been wrong before. Right? Um, when you get, get in an right interview, you interview, like how do you kind of like... I, I'm probably right a good 75% of the time. 75? Nice. Like, hey, that's like three to four. Right? I can feel out people in the kitchen. I mean, I've been in it a long time and I've seen just about every asshole come in and every idiot that thinks they know everything. And um, hell, I was, I was that kid... When I was young, you know, like in my my teens, you know, my night when I was eighteen, nineteen in the kitchen, I thought I fucking knew everything, and I was that kid that was arrogant, and you know, nobody could teach me anything because I'm I'm a cook and I I do whatever I want, and I've seen it, you know, it's there, and now I'm older and I'm like, God, I hate myself, I hate myself from back there, I'm like, right. what a turd, right? What a turd. I was I was a, I was a real piece of work, but you know, and and nowadays it's it's not. Really, you know, I don't know. It's I, there's this whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, you, you become a cook and then you get your tattoos up your sleeve and then, uh, <laughs> and then you know, you, you, get, you get your tweezers and then you get your blue apron, you know, and you can buy all that stuff and you look like a you look like a douchebag, but whatever. You know what I'm <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love it. 
Let's be honest. Come on. We all look at those guys and we're like, oh, look at that guy with this weird Why beard. is there like a stereotypical <laughs> chef look now? Nowadays, well, it's that you know? whole Anthony Bourdain pirate thing. It's no. like people think that they need to look a certain way. Look, back in the day, they they were all about like white jackets and those like the toques. Tall, and the, toques the floppy yeah, toques. Right? But now it's like jean jacket, jean apron, leather bag, this and that, tattoos. You know, you got to have a tattoo of a knife a somewhere in your forearm. Spacer Yeah, spacer earrings. earrings. Dude. Yeah, don't forget the beard. Don't yeah. forget the beard. Do you know? Like, <laughs> dude, yes, the beard. Yes. Oh, my God. No, like, I mean, how would you come with that? I mean, I'm not saying that those, everybody that looks like that is a horrible cook. I'm just saying. No, because there's definitely a lot of people that we like and know really, that are like There's that. a lot of really, really talented guys out there. And, um, you know, when you're in the kitchen all day and every day and you see... You, you funnel, you know, potential cooks through your kitchen and you stage them and you see, you know, right away, most times you could tell that guy's not going to cut it. Or, right. You know, or, you know, that guy's got potential, you know, we, you, even if we see somebody that we don't think is that good, but you see some things that are like, he's, he's really hardworking. He works clean. My, my thing is anybody that works clean. I love when people work clean in the kitchen. Ooh, so that's I a look, trick. Listen to that. So, so Young I cooks. Listen, I listen. Uh, that's, those are the things I look for. I look for cleanliness and, um, are they prioritizing, you know, what are they, are they going to chop all the onions first or are they going to clean the chicken first on the same cutting board? Which one are they going to do? You know, obviously they clean the chicken first, then uh, that's a rookie mistake. Kind of like a test for common sense here, <laughs> yeah. you know, another tip. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you look for certain things and, um, good or bad. I, I think, um, whether I can tell somebody's going to be good or bad, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can, I, I'd like to to think that I can. Um, I've been in this business long enough to, to be able to recognize uh, certain, you know, um, certain levels of experience and all that kind of thing. And um, I I don't know. Anymore, it's kind of getting tougher, but because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's got, you know, everybody's got Food Network, obviously, and and the internet now and, um, and all these Netflix shows were like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. This is the style I'm going to do. Back then, you know, when I came up through cooking, there was no style. It was just like, hey, this is your job. You cook. You yeah, know? you just do yeah. it. Yeah. We shut didn't, up. I didn't, yeah, <laughs> shut up and do it. I didn't have, a, I didn't have Netflix and, no. and I didn't shit. I didn't even have the internet when I first started. So Dang, like, you <laughs> old. No, no, no. Check this out. Cookbooks, too, were like hard to come by. Yeah, you didn't have hard like all by. recipes or whatever. Oh, for oh, sure. No. Yeah, you did yeah, not yeah. Google recipes. So no. if you came by a really unique cookbook, you held, you held yeah. on to that cookbook. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Never mind if it's like, you know, dinner in a movie. Exactly. It's like a cookbook. Great. You know, it's like a roadmap to like a new dish. So, so there's a lot of like the the thing about it is nowadays is the cooks pick up all the lingo and they, and you know all the chef terms on on the internet and Netflix and TV and those shows and stuff. So they talk a really good game, and now you know you're like, okay, well he talks a good game. You know, let's see what he can do. So, yeah. So it's a combination of both. Then yeah, talk the talk, walk the mm-hmm. walk. So that's what a stodge is all about. For those of you who don't know what a stodge is, this is how we audition our um, people in the kitchen and really put them to work, see whether they're going to actually work well with the company culture if they get our jokes and if we get them. Oh, that's a big part of it is the networking part of it. I don't think that young cooks or maybe new cooks necessarily understand that. One of the tricks, secrets involved Mm -hmm. with this is not just the chef, him or herself, that's watching you. 
<laughs> we got little spies everywhere. Right. So I'm going to give you a little tip there. I definitely put them, the stars, with somebody that I respect mm-hmm. and might be really good or really opinionated. And I ask those people how they work with the stage. Right. So it's not, don't think that you can get away with it because now the sous chef or the executive chef is in a different, you know, station or in a different area in their office. Every single person in that entire kitchen. Is watching you. From the dishwashers to the chefs are watching you. Everything that you do, like Chef Carlos said, how clean you are, how you're interacting. Mm -hmm. Are you getting along with the kitchen staff? Because that's one of the main issues is, do you get along with the other people there? Exactly. If you're awesome and you can't work with other people, sorry. sorry, No, thank you, sir. Yeah, sometimes we don't hire for skill. We hire to kind of like fill a spot, you know, mm-hmm. that we need people that can work with us, not work against us. Like recently that happened where this guy like came in and stage. He had excellent knife skills and he was prompt and he seemed like he had the common sense to be there. But at the end of the day, when I got asked, like, what do you really feel? I'm like, he's weird as fuck. (laughs) Dude, I had to walk out of my room twice just to get away from him. I cannot, I couldn't deal with it. he was he just was giving off this like weird people are really good though energy you know what i mean i'm like dude i don't get uncomfortable i don't get uncomfortable at all that's true you are very open-minded but i'm like be weirded out it is weird yeah dude it was kind of like this serial killer look that he was kind of like giving me i'm like and we have knives within our reach and i'm alone here in this seafood room right you're like in this tiny little room i'm like holy shit if i scream nobody's gonna hear me they're all the way down there they're in another restaurant (laughs) what's your best piece of advice like what's your little secret what is there something that you can say to new people young people people that have not been in the business for very long like what are some tips that you have for them to be better to for you yeah i mean i I, you know going with a a good attitude look a positive attitude goes a long way um i'll hire a cook that's not so skilled with a great attitude positive um, easy, you know, works well with others, um, rather than somebody who's super ultra talented, but doesn't want to work with anybody else. He wants his own station and, you know, things like that. I mean, to me, I get it. Okay. You're this, what do they call those introverts or whatever? I get it. You know, you're, you're a loner, but still at the same time, it's like, Hey, look, man, this is a team effort. This is the kitchen. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of people here. It takes a lot of us to run this place. I can't do it by myself, executive chef. Hell no. I need everybody in my kitchen. I can (laughs) on a day-to-day. So I need those people to be able to to get along with each other and have great attitudes um, towards, you know, not only towards the business, but towards each other too, you know. There's nothing worse than an ultra-negative cook who's just got a shitty, shitty attitude and he's in the middle of your kitchen and everybody else around him is just miserable yeah. because they got to put up with it. Right. Or they get all pissed at you because they're like, why, why do I have to work with such yeah. and such? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, oh, energy is contagious, you know? Be like, dude, yes. we talk a lot amongst right. ourselves. And if it's like, you know, Debbie Downer right next to me, chances are my, my day's going to go down. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're constantly being bombarded by somebody who's just a shitty, shitty person, then you're going to develop that shitty person attitude. Oh, it's definitely a disease, (laughs) right? Because you walk into those kitchens where it's super negative, or you walk in the kitchen and it's super positive, that energy is like palpable. 
as soon as you walk in. When I used to look for jobs as a cook, that was one of the things that I would notice right away. Do these people look happy? Right. Do they look satisfied? Like, obviously, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. I mean, 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Just like any job. And it's going to be stressful. But this is one thing that I learned from from Jose. You know, Jose Andres. Sorry. Um, You know, he's a really positive person. and And it rubs off of the rest of the chefs and everything, right? So whenever he comes to the restaurant, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't visit it very often, maybe once, twice a year. But when he comes, you know, he brings a, this raw energy with them and he's like, you know, he wants to fire everybody up, you know. And the first thing that he asks when he walks in the door, he doesn't ask about sales or, or you know, money or anything like that. The very first thing that he asks me every time he walks in the door, no matter where I've been, whether I've been in a Haleo, a Bazaar, a Chino Poblano, wherever, um, everywhere in the company, the very, very first thing is he asks me, he says, he calls, I don't know why he calls me Wapo, you know, Wapo. <laughs> Because you are Wapo. Like, Why do you call me Wapo? <laughs> so, like, yes, handsome. Chef. It means handsome. And I said, yes, chef. And he says, uh, is, is everybody happy here? And I'm like, and, and I never had a chef ask me, is everybody happy? Yeah. Key. Dude. You know? He says, is everybody happy here? And I said, chef, for the most part, yes, everybody's happy, you know? It's a kitchen. Not everybody's going to get what they want, but mm-hmm. everybody's happy and wants to be here. And overall feeling. Overall mm-hmm. feeling, you know? Because I feel like, you know, that internal level of happiness that you have, it, it shows up in your work. Mm-hmm. It shows up in the service For that you do. sure. Like, listen, we might not be touching guests directly, but we do it through our food. One of the interesting things um, that I've kind of compassed in, in my lifetime, um, meeting great chefs like Jose Andres is when I met Thomas Keller mm-hmm. was that a year or two ago one of the most interesting things he said to me that I took away uh, was lucky enough to go to French Laundry my husband took me for my birthday one year and we had this personal tour with Thomas Keller which I could go on for years about that but one of the things he said because he was showing us his new kitchen and it had this levitating prep table. It had these TV screens. It's, it's crazy. French Laundry's crazy. Yeah, three Michelin star restaurants. Whoa. So it's pretty crazy. But I had to ask the question. Yeah, it's cool. It's beautiful. But what's the point? Right? What's the point? You're spending millions of dollars on this. And he said to me, I'll never forget this. How can you cook beautiful food? if you're not in a beautiful environment. So that goes along. I mean, obviously we don't yeah. have million dollar prep tables and stuff, but that goes along with what Chef Carlos was talking about, about being neat, you know, like having a sense of urgency, like just that atmosphere of like beautiful, happy cleanliness. Like you can't work Organized. well yeah. if it's not clean and it's not feels like it doesn't have that vibe of being happy and satisfied. Yeah, Definitely. I feel like uh, your mental preparedness will show up on your chopping board. It's like, going to come out on the plate your game for sure. Plan, your game plan is all going to show up in your work. Your mise. Yeah, right. <laughs> your mise en place. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, the other thing is, you know, don't, don't ever, don't ever le- lose uh, your willingness to, to keep learning. I mean, learning is key in this, so in this industry. Key. I've been in it for 24 whatever years i don't know shit like right <laughs> i'm still learning every day i it's learn true. something new and and then make it a point every day to learn at least one new thing you know whether it's in my kitchen or it's in my personal life or whatever learn one new thing a day it's easy know? to do too mm-hmm. i mean because yeah. you've got a wealth of people around you in a kitchen mm-hmm. you can learn from anyone i mean even just like 
I'm a sous chef now and I can see something that a prep cook's doing because they've done it right. a million more times than I've done it. And like, what's the fastest way to peel a potato or peel an asparagus? And you're just kind of like, you know, oh, I'm just going to whatever. But when they do it because they've done it every day for a year or two years or three years, you learn something and you think, oh, I can learn something from anyone Mm -hmm. because they've learned the best way to do it because they've done it so often. Yeah, I think it's the whole spirit of staying humble that, you know, anybody can be a teacher, even a non-chef. Like if you encounter like a farmer or whoever, a fisherman, um, somebody who... uh, supplies good food or has anything to do with food they can teach you too okay teaching us is awesome now chef carlos is going to teach us about himself we're going to do a quick rapid fire question (laughs) situation we call it on the fly and Chef Carlos is going to be set on a timer. Get to eighty six any of the questions of one minute. <laughs> no, no eighty six. No eighty sixes. Eighty six means it's gone, no, disappeared, vamoosh. No, no. Okay, sixty seconds starting now. What did you eat last night? Oh, <laughs> right, fried rice. Fried rice yeah. Favorite hobby? Um, painting. Cat or dog person? Definitely a dog. Person. Yes. I don't know why. Louis, I love cats. I'm a cat. I don't even like those hairless cats. Oh my god, that's my cat. Oh! Don't don't you talk about my baby that way. What's your favorite kitchen tool? Oh, torch. (laughs) Good, good one. How big is your knife? My knife. Your biggest knife. Your biggest knife. I don't know. Don't you have like a machete? Don't you have like a 12 inch or something? I do have, yeah. Like a scimitar type? Like a scimitar 12 inch slicer, of course. That's Um, big. I've got a machete, not a machete, uh, um, (laughs) cleaver. I've got a couple cleavers. (laughs) Don't let him use it on you, though. (laughs) Favorite pizza? Um, Taco pizza. How do you like your steak? Uh, Medium rare. Thank God. Coolest location you've traveled to to cook? Bahamas. Bam, there you have it. Chingon, Chef Carlos. All right, so final thoughts. Thank you so much, first of all, Chef Carlos, for joining us. And we're going to end with a Chef Bourdain quote. And he says, assume the worst about everybody. (laughs) But don't let this poison your outlook or affect your job. Let it all roll off your back. I think that's something we definitely learned today. Louis, how can they reach us? Well, you can reach us on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, on Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone, and at our email address at Two Sharp Chefs with a Microphone at gmail.com. Uh, please ask us any questions that you like. Give us some story ideas, some podcast ideas. Thanks for joining us, Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone on the Rain. And this is Louie. Our kitchens are always open, so we hope to hear from you soon.